Disclaimer, all music streamed on this podcast is protected by Section 108 of the U.S. Copyright Act which states that copyrighted work reproduced for purposes of criticism and comment are not an infringement of copyright. But with that being said, let's set sail on the virtual ocean. Let me welcome you to the show. 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 Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of Very Important Show, the Vaporwave Discovery Podcast. I'm your host, J.Ram, and I just want to take a quick minute to greet you all uh, if you're tuning in for the first time. If you're not tuning in for the first time, you probably know about Very Important Show from the past renditions. You know, this show used to be many things. It used to be a show where me and my co-host, Brandon... Say hello, Brandon. He's here. What's up, everyone? Uh, me and my co-host, Brandon, who is now behind the computer. We used to do a little bit of talking, um, and the second rendition of the show was me doing some comedy. And this is pretty much what the show is now uh, going forward. It's going to be a vaporwave discovery podcast. Now, what exactly do I mean by that? People like to go on YouTube and go on Twitch and listen or sorry, not listen, like to watch people play video games. People like to watch people stream, but people don't really take the time to listen together. Um, There's no let's listen, so I'm trying to change that in the vaporwave space. And so that's what me and Brandon are here to do. The way this works is that we will play tracks from certain vaporwave albums that fit the theme of the episode. And we give our commentary on it. We give our thoughts on it. We kind of try to interpret what's going on. As you know, Vaporwave is a very artistic and sometimes completely anti-artistic art form. And that's kind of what makes the aesthetic so fun. And I think people need to know more about it. And I think it's just fun to have a sort of a pseudo radio station for this kind of stuff on the Internet. And for those of you who don't know what Vaporwave is, I can briefly explain to you um, what it is. But I'd rather just take the description that Mr. Amazing on YouTube said in his YouTube video essay titled Vaporwave Genre Redefined. And what he said was, quote, what preceded Vaporwave was a multitude of artistic styles that embraced the 80s for what they were, or at least what we in modernity want them to be. The neons of the visuals and the brisk synths of the sounds. We see these taken to the extreme in the chill wave and synth wave genres. But what we see in vaporwave are the remnants of the stylistic cues taken from these genres. 
taken on the purplish and blue hues of their predecessors and degrading them, utilizing traditional 80s aesthetics and turning them on their head, inverting their meaning in the process. Instead of the expertly composed synth tracks of Time Cop 1983, Vaporwave greets us with the music stolen from decades ago, almost to say, hey man, fuck you, the future sucks. As Vaporwave continued to develop, this overarching theme remained across all subgenres. As the consumerist culture of the 80s continued to be associated with the Vaporwave and most prominently the subgenre Future Funk. When we look at the music videos for St. Pepsi's Private Caller, Cherry Pepsi, and Enjoy Yourself, these are three uh, tracks from the artist St. Pepsi, we see exactly this. A visual narrative based around the product that brings about energy and happiness in the actors, interweaving beautiful commercials with often often ethereal music, creating a concurrent dichotomous appeal to pathos, one which implores us to indulge in the consumerist culture of the 80s and 90s in the visual, while at the same time extorting us to reject it for its decadence. Such an overt Marxist critique of modern culture is even illustrated in the very name of the genre itself, alluding to both vaporware, imaginary products set to be released by corporations, and to Marxist critique of the worker under capitalism, which, whose energy facilitates the transformation of solid goods produced by the capitalist class for the consumption of the worker to a gaseous state. In the same ways, vaporware takes on the very sounds of capitalism itself. Sorry, vaporwave, not vaporware. Elevator music and bright synths and subvert the meanings that they originally intended to convey. But even with the Marxist underpinnings of the genre disregarded, what remains constant within every vaporwave song is an agreed-upon ideal, that the manipulation of sound can create a world unique to each individual listener, that the atmospheric tone of each and every piece of vaporwave can manifest in this world. So I know that was a little long-winded, but that's pretty much the best definition I have ever heard of the genre. And uh, what I want to sort of give attention to is the last sentence, which is the vape, uh, vaporwave has a agreed-upon ideal, which is it's the manipulation of sound, which can create a world unique to each and each and every listener with an atmospheric tone that makes vaporwave manifest in this world (laughs) so um i don't want to keep reading from the script because that's not what this podcast is about but the way this show is going to work is that each each uh each week or every two weeks that we do this show we'll have uh, a set album that we'll listen to part of uh me and brandon and we sort of give our our thoughts on it what do you think about that definition brandon um well I I like the idea of vaporwave kind of reflecting on how music back then and kind of the culture back then is um, was really reflective of what we expected the future to be, and then kind of looking at it now, it's uh, it's a way to kind of rewrite and I I like the sounds that they use in terms of like distorting a lot of the synths that uh, people are used to hearing from eighties because the synths back then were very uh, very clean uh, they had a lot of it was very prominent, and when you heard uh, certain synths and certain sounds back then, um, it felt very futuristic. I think that's why the '80s music still kind of is really prominent in in the today's culture. And I like how Vaporwave kind of takes that image that we used to have of 
what we thought the future was going to be and kind of like distorts it and is like this is what it's actually about so i like that about vaporwave but other than that that's that's really all we know right we're not me and brandon are not expert diehard vaporwave um you know people you know we discovered this genre relatively recently you know i know this genre really blew up in in 2014 and you know we'll go through the history of it but it's better that we go through the history as we listen to it and this first episode is really the proto vapor albums it's the it's the the it, it's considered the four albums that started vaporwave before it was vaporwave and they are chuck person's echo jams james ferraro's farside virtual um cool it's like a mandarin symbol i i had to google the pronunciation of that cool uh both their albums skeleton and hologram again me and brandon are not complete experts in this genre we just want to go on this journey into the virtual ocean with all of you and we're here to carry you guys with us so we're going to go ahead and start with chuck person's echo jams first track which is um I guess the title is it's A1 according to the YouTube video so Chuck Persons Echo Jams A1 enjoy everybody Thank you. 
And that is the first track, is it? Is it not? What did you think about that, Brandon? Uh, it was very interesting. I uh, didn't let you really get comfortable with timing. <laughs> I think that's the first thing people latch on to, right, when they're listening to music, is they try to get a feel for, like, the beats. That's how you can tell a lot of, like, I guess, cultural music. Like, when you hear a lot of Latin music, they have that. I was kind of listening for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the song, so I was I was kind of expecting certain things, but it didn't really let you get set in or comfortable in any specific time. Yeah, and it's interesting that this is considered the precursor album to the entire genre, when really what it was, if you just think about it, is just a bunch of cut-up samples looped over and over again. Um, but there's something very uh, hypnotic, about that but troubling at the same time almost like a bad dream um that's the first track of echo jams and you know the first sound of vaporwave proto vaporwave and we're gonna go ahead and continue with track two
track that is the end of track A2 um, by Chuck Person. The sample in that track is a I had to look it up because if, if I'm going to be honest, if I want to be 100% honest with you guys, I don't know my 80s music as well as I should to take on this genre, but it just makes it more exciting that way. And so I looked up A2, this track, and that Angel Please Don't Go sample is from Fleetwood Mac's Only Over You, which is a sample from a ni- their 1982 song. And this uh, this particular track kind of falls uh, follows what Brandon said uh, about not feeling comfortable and you know personally it felt to me like a like a not really a bad trip but more of like a like a nightmare uh when you go to sleep to me when i hear something like this it takes me back to sort of my childhood when i would have fevers and i would have a hard time sleeping and i'd be hot and sweaty in a in a blanket and i couldn't really go to sleep and the most minute things would bother me and make me feel really uncomfortable. Uh, that's kind of what I get when I hear uh, this track. That's kind of the image I got. What do you think about this, Brandon? Well, a lot of times when I listen to music in general, I, I kind of, I really listen to like, um, I guess, uh, production quality. So I, I'm very familiar with the song just because I heard it a lot when I was younger. Um, it was interesting to see to hear how uh, if you if you are listening to this on a set of headphones or in the car um, with a song that is kind of as slow as, as it is, he added a lot of motion to the track itself by kind of like panning the drums. So if you kind of hear in your left and right, there's like a motion that's going on between the drums, which I found really interesting, and the way that he kind of filtered out and changed up the. Um, the tone of the voice was really cool too. It was uh, what I what I think is interesting about that is is kind of um, a contrast of like the original song because it's it's like a love rock song, um, and so the way I'm used to hearing it is very like constant and very kind of just soothing to listen to. But this one, he added a lot of like motion to it. So, what do you think that that deliberate choice to add motion? Do you think? Not just Chuck Person, but in general, the, a lot of these vaporwave artists seem to be almost like the equivalent of a of a chef just throwing anything into the pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like sometimes, especially where vaporwave is now in 2019 or even 2016, when I'd say it really hit like a like a peak and it's kind of fizzling out. Uh, that's debatable, but it's kind of fizzling out. When it got to that point, it seemed like people. We're just throwing it. We're just making memes and making absurdities at the genre. And, you know, it's so interesting that it's almost like we can't really make these critiques of, oh, was that a deliberate choice to, to as an artist? Did he do that to try and make us think about something or did he just do it for shits? You know, and that's that's what the beauty of this genre, I, I, I'd say, because if we're going to sit here and decode like what that means. Uh, we won't ever really know what, if it's ever going to mean anything. Cause we don't know if it's a deliberate choice or not. Uh, that could have been worded better, but um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about that? Um, well, a lot of times 
as someone who's kind of been in the just taking the back seat and still is kind of manning a lot of the sound that you hear uh most of what i it's deliberate but there may not necessarily be a reason why if that makes sense so his reason for chopping it up in in a certain way that you never really get set because i i realize as soon as you get kind of uh quote-unquote bored with the track because you could see you're kind of hearing the same filtered sounds and the same panning that's when he kind of changes it up so i feel like if this is like the early form of the genre um then i think it is i think it's pretty deliberate um because he's taking songs that people are very used to hearing or or when you kind of hear the first verse and chorus you're like okay this is kind of going to be my mood for the next three minutes so i think he's taking that kind of mentality and just switching it up by either taking a completely different part of the song and starting there but also how he would fluctuate between like um tempos and speeds of the song so you you'd hear it get really fast and then really really dragged out in certain points so i i i thought that was pretty interesting um but if it had a as if it had a reason, that's the only reason I yeah. can really. Well, think about, yeah, you know? that's the thing. Um, and I was more getting at a at a broader point about deliberate choices in this genre. Like, yeah, like you said, there doesn't have to be a reason. Uh, let's get to the third track, third and final track that we'll play. And if you enjoyed Chuck Person's Echo Jams, you can go ahead and listen to it yourself. But let's listen, let's listen to the third track and give our impressions of this album.
very much uh, a six-minute track. Uh, I don't know much about production, Brandon. Can you explain to me what's going on when suddenly, you know, because the song is so repetitive, you notice when there's little changes in, I don't know, I don't know what the, the word is, but there's like a, it starts sounding really trebly and it gets really deep. What What's going on there? Yeah, uh, they're EQing. They're, this is, um, he's messing with the frequencies in the song. Uh, so a lot of times music producers and uh, even more specifically uh, mixing engineers, uh, these are the people that take the songs from either an artist or a beat maker or something like that, and they'll essentially mix and blend the sounds together. Um, and part of that process is actually called EQing. Uh, this is when you're going to be taking like a lot of your lows and your highs, and you're kind of trying to find those points that is really strong. This is, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of simplifying this, but it's uh, you're taking like a lot of the really strong parts of a voice. So like, for example, um, think of any of your favorite singers or rappers. Think about like your, their favorite track and think about how... Um, at certain parts of the chorus or in certain parts of the verse, they hit really hard or their voice becomes really soothing. Um, that's uh, EQing. So you can kind of, you can use that to your advantage. It's a tool to just make sure everything has its place in, in, uh, in the song, in the record. So um, for this record, I actually noticed, um, obviously it's very deliberate, but, what I actually got from this, like, <clears throat> emotionally was um, context. So um, at certain points, like like you said, there are certain points where the song sounds really trebly or really bassy. Um, but he's the interesting thing is he's keeping the same song playing, right? He's not necessarily changing up the volume. The feel of everything kind of stays the same, right? Like the pulse and the ambience stays very similar. But by changing the we call filter by doing like a high high treble boost or a low bass boost um he's kind of giving you like context so i've always thought of it as like let's say you have a song that you really really like that you've heard for the first time on like headphones right and you listen to it on headphones and that's how you're used to hearing it like at its best quality and then all of a sudden you let's say you're at the mall and you hear that same song playing through like mall speakers um you're gonna get you're gonna hear that song it's, it's the same song, but you're going to hear it differently. So I thought of it as like every time he changed frequencies, it reminded me of like when I would hear a really popular song in different areas, in different contexts of my life. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting how you can take a song that was, because this was a fairly popular song as well. It's in kind the of- In 2000s, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, which is also interesting because a lot of, vaporwave aesthetics right now is it's always been 1980s but this is because this is proto vapor this is not necessarily vaporwave yet you know you can see that chuck uh his real name is daniel but uh for the sake of this uh we'll call him chuck chuck actually was just experimenting he was fucking around he had no idea what was going to come from this so yeah yeah i mean it's um I, I just thought of it as like it's very similar to what um a lot of people are doing with their favorite um artists music like they'll title the video it's like um Drake's uh 
Drake's uh, God's plan, but you're hearing it in a basement type deal. Yeah. So it's like by cutting out or boosting certain frequencies, you're kind. It's like if you were in a certain area, how would this song or how would this record, you know, feel to you? Yeah. I mean, Truck was doing this way back in 2010. You know, this this is like a decade precursor. It's always crazy to see how music evolves. But if you haven't listened to actual vaporwave yet, the the audience doesn't know. Uh, for people who haven't, um, who aren't aware of vaporwave, or are less aware than us. Uh, so that's our impression of of Chuck Person. Would you, uh, what <laughs> what would you rate uh, your impression? Not the album itself, but what would you rate it? Would you give it a full listen? Would you, uh, kind of leave it? to process for a bit what would what what is your takeaway from your impression of this album brandon um overall it's an interesting sound um i think based off of what i've heard offline like from out from our other previous conversations um i know there's more like i guess production in like the newer vaporwave stuff um but I like how a lot of this is it's very simplistic and it's not necessarily it's not overly complex where he's like, you know, let me take this sample, let me take this drum hit or, or let me try to get this. But he was really experimenting and it kind of turned into it's not necessarily like music to pick at. Well, I know I'm picking out a lot right now, but um, it's more like music that you can kind of like play in the background and just kind of like if you wanted to reflect kind of on yourself it's kind of like thought music or like mm-hmm. music for thought it's not necessarily um like i can see how this can change and evolve how people can take these elements because um vaporwave now is very distortive of of 80s music so um for a full lesson i would probably have it playing in the background it's 15 and tracks st- yeah and study <laughs> too. i think it, yeah the whole thing is about 55 minutes so yeah um i can imagine kind of just letting it play while i'm doing something else i'm with you on that yeah. i'd let it play in the back uh Wouldn't you know actively we listen if that makes sense. yeah we, we got to give this album it's due though because it was the beginning of of the entire genre so chuck persons echo jams volume one check it out if you want to start from the very very beginning of this virtual ocean the very first island we hit chuck person's echo jams so we're gonna go ahead and move to james ferraro's far side virtual which is um let me just give me one second to pull this up james ferraro's far side virtual is the uh other proto vaporwave album that is considered to be a must listen um i want to keep emphasizing that we are not quite there yet with the vaporwave on the vaporwave ocean i think if you want to meta if you want to put a metaphor to it we're kind of just on we're on the sand we're on the on the beaches a little bit we haven't really set sail actually we're kind of just getting our feet wet into this and farside virtual uh going off the wikipedia page farside virtual is a studio album by the american electronic musician james ferraro released october 25th 2011 
first conceived as a series of ringtones, the album marked Ferraro's transition from his previous lo-fi recording approach to a sharply produced electronic aesthetic that deliberately evokes sources such as elevator music, corporate mood music, easy listening, and outdated computer sound design. Uh, the album has been interpreted as engaging with themes such as hyperreality, disposable consumer culture. Oh, there is that capitalist critique creeping in. 1990s retrofuturism advertising and musical kitsch. I don't know what kitsch is. You know what a kitsch is? <laughs> uh, kitsch is a is cheesiness or tackiness. Okay. So that's that's James Farrar's Farside Virtual. Uh, We're going to go ahead and give the first track a listen. It is called... It is called Linden Dollars. This this YouTube video doesn't have the... uh, Doesn't have the uh, time tags on it. So we might just have to go track by track. If that's cool with you. On YouTube, Brandon. Yeah, we can listen to it. Did you wanna? Uh, did you wanna play it through all the way through? Uh, well, the problem is we won't know where to stop. Oh, we'll like just, yeah, we we'll just play it track by track. Yeah. yeah. Linden dollars. Um, the definition of Linden dollars is uh, the the digital currency. This is according to Investopedia, by the way. The term Linden dollar refers to a digital currency utilized in the virtual world, Second Life. You ever play Second Life? I used to play Second Life when I was like twelve years old. Um, very obscure video game. I remember in that game vividly. I went to this couple's shop, this couple in real life. Uh, they were a couple in Second Life. They owned a shop. I think I tried to steal from them uh, one of their items. And 
they were insanely pissed off. They got really mad. And, um, you know, I think about that. I have, well, actually haven't, I haven't thought about that in a long time since, you know, <laughs> seeing the fact that this track is called Linden Dollars. The uh, interesting thing is that this album seems to be getting at, you know, according to the Wikipedia uh, definition, it's getting at uh, the hyper-reality type of thing. And it's very, you know, it does give me a sense of of fakeness, a very artificial type of living. Uh, it did bring me back to Second Life. Uh, the moment I read that it was about Linden Dollars, and it, it, I don't know. It's it to me, kind of makes me feel like I'm entering just this fake, fake universe. What do you think? Was the was the music from uh, Second Life? Do you know? If that I don't know. That's oh. a good question. Uh, I don't remember uh, much from Second Life. I didn't get mm-hmm. to play it that much at the time. I was very addicted to World of Warcraft. Okay. So when I played Second Life, I was like, "What is this shit? Mm-hmm. This is not. This is nothing." Well, the music was really hustle and bustle. That's what I felt like. Like if if you were to <clears throat> play this at like the beginning of like a film or something, um, you would get this sense of uh, like some corporate person yes. just walking through the streets, and then like the claps and like the I, I I don't know if it was if the track was clipping a little bit, but I don't know if it's like there was like these little taps that you can hear. I feel like that was supposed to be like remnants of like people walking, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. But, um, I, I just got a sense of like really busy. Yeah. Like that busy feeling that you get. And yeah. then it's kind of repetitive, right? So you stay kind of, <clears throat> it's, it's kind of like, like a sound representation of just doing things over and over again and just not really with no breaks or anything like that. Yeah. Really I feel like, sound. I feel like today's tracks, well, the, these proto vapor tracks are very, repetitive almost like it's a endurance uh there's a bit of endurance involved um you know as if it's that's what it's like to be a a machine that's what it's like to live in a virtual reality where everything is binary everything is algorithm um let's listen to the second track it's called global lunch Would you like to receive a New Yorker directly on your I tablet? As you wish.
That is the Skype sound, is it not? Is that Skype? Uh, yeah, I think when it's mm-hmm. yeah when it's opening up. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, uh, a few things going on here. Nothing is. Not a single sound in that is is an actual um, sound. That's <laughs> an acoustic sound. That's what I meant to say. Um, a lot of it does sound very fake. Like they're all from some kind of sample. Are they not? Right? Well, I think you hear like a... There's that certain one point, like I guess, in like the mid or the chorus part. Uh, there's like a sitar that comes in. There's a sitar. But is that a sitar, like a real sitar? No. It, it, it definitely does artificial. not sound... Yeah, it doesn't sound like a sitar to me. Um that one was was a I like that one actually. I actually like that track. That track felt um you know, I'll, it felt very alive. And it I'm starting to see what I'm starting to see this how this album is a world-building album according to the Wikipedia page. Very very interesting sounds we got going on here. We're going to go ahead and listen to the third track called Dubai Dream Tone. It's a very happy track. Got a, I got a pretty good feeling out of that. Um, almost like I'm in the the bright green fields of this strange 32-bit reality has has going on here. Um, I feel like I'm in a Windows XP um, that that little wallpaper. I'm like running around in that field uh, when I listen to that track. What do you think about that, Brandon? Well, you said his background was in, uh, like, ringtones and, like, video games, or... It says that he originally 
wanted to release this. They were conceived as a series of ringtones. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, you could definitely hear that with. Uh, it's just strange, kind of. For me, it's like it's strange listening to things that you'd be pretty passive, like a like actively listening to things you'd normally be passive about. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's um, what's interesting about this is it's very, like you said, it's very remnant of like what we thought the future would sound like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I it, like even with today's music, it's very, there's a lot of like, I mean, it, it varies, but if we're listening, talking about strictly like pop music, um, I don't know. It's just, you realize the way we thought of music being in the future, being super like futuristic and kind of like poppy and blippy. Um, you realize how like artificial <laughs> we, yeah. we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I think that lends itself to more like because most before like the advent of like YouTube and all these other streaming services, um, our our main medium for interpreting the future was like through TV and film, right? And the way that TV and film had or always portrayed the future was to be like bright and happy and like blippy and kind of glitchy. Um, so it's weird to hear how we kind of thought that's what today was going to be, you know, where now today there's like such a broad amount of sounds that, that are coming out of music. And so, um, it's kind of funny, you know, it's, it's kind of like when when you look back on it, it's kind of silly the way we interpreted and were kind of guessed how the future was going to be in terms of sound and terms of culture and like unity and stuff like that. So, I, I like that. Definitely getting it out of this track for sure. Like it, you know, I feel like everything we listened to so far has has sort of given us that. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and move on to the two albums by Ku. Um, we're gonna go ahead and listen to the first three tracks of the album Skeleton and the first three tracks of the album Holograms. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and look up the description for Ku. I, th- I I could be pronouncing this wrong, but um, this is also on the list of Proto Vapor albums. Um, I can't really find a description because it's a Mandarin character. That that word "ku." Um, it's a Mandarin character, so it's hard for me to look it up. So we're just gonna go ahead and listen to this album blind. But I'm gonna go ahead and read some of the comments, I guess, from the Bandcamp. Um, Michael Ku Kuhiman. Kuhiman says, dark and moody, heavy and haunting. I feel myself called back to this album periodically when the sun is setting and I'm in a somber mood. It's strange. I wasn't the biggest fan at first, but I found its imagery, again, imagery, in my mind lurking around the corners and I weirdly came to like this odd dream. The album cover itself makes me feel strange emotions I like but don't know what to call. Favorite track, Microwave. So um, how it's going to work is on Instagram, I'll be posting the album covers for the music that we listen to uh, during this episode. So you can go ahead, go ahead and get the visual accompaniment. Uh, you know, the visuals of Vaporwave is very, very important. Um, it's it's the, a very important show. So we're going to tell you what's very important. And, you know, uh, just so you know where to find it, it's going to be on Instagram. So let's start with the first track. It's called Microwave.
that's the end of the track. Track one. This is Michael Cunahan's favorite track. Uh, very dark, very moody. Um, it does kind of make you picture a sunset, doesn't it, Brandon? Uh, it actually reminded me of like tragedy for some reason. Um, I think it's because the sounds that they were using were very similar to. Um, do you have a Game Boy? Yeah. Growing up, um, there was this one game that came out for the Dragon Ball series. It was, I think it played through Dragon Ball Z Kai. I think it played through that arc. And so whenever something really tragic would happen, like a character would die in the game, uh, it played these really somber and really like moody and like tragic type sounds um so it kind of brought me back to that mood of uh not necessarily like a sun rising but more more like if if you were in a mood i guess a somber mood would be the best way to describe uh, it. i said sunset so mm-hmm. the opposite of a sunrise oh, the reviewer said somber mood, yeah right? yeah yeah it does yeah. remind me of like when you when something bad happens to you and that day is kind of ending you know how, like, you just kind of want to sleep? Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how... That's what it's reminding me of. All right, let's move on to the second track, which is called Sunset. 55-second track. Let's play it. I genuinely feel like when I listen to that, I'm living in a computer virus. I'm living inside of one. Very, very bleak. Very, very... It is it is pretty scary. Uh, in our virtual journey right now, we are on the deep... We're, we're in the part of the ocean where it gets, it's starting to get deep. Where we're at the 12-foot level in the virtual ocean right now. What do you think, Brandon? Um, well, I'm pretty literal when I think, when I hear music, I, I think of like certain places that it takes me. So if that first song was like the end of a shitty day or like the ending of a shitty day, it kind of reminds me of like this, the ambience that it sets kind of is like, well, the night's not going to really get any better. (laughs) You know, you're probably going to have, Let's say if it was like trauma or something, um, this is kind of like the process of you falling into sleep and kind of into like a nightmare. Like, I like that. Yeah. So it's kind of like that process of like you're restlessly falling asleep and then the sleep is probably going to be not going to be as great as your day. So it kind of shows how like certain moods can carry on even to when we're 
not we're 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 trying to get away from that you know a lot of people like to sleep to kind of like rest from the day but so i know there's a lot of people that get many nights of rest of sleep so Mm -hmm. i i that's kind of how that's what the ambience set for me at least so i i'm i'm wondering what the next track is gonna bring if that's the mood it sets because i think that's kind of like it's kind of felt like a transitional track for sure for sure the next track is at three minutes and I think this is a this is definitely a meaty part of the album and it's called Sewer. That was an absolute paranoia trip. 
<laughs> I think out of all the tracks you listen to today, that definitely put me in a very paranoid, uncomfortable mood. <laughs> um, to me, that was, uh, yeah, it was kind of like being in a misty area. It's well, foggy is a better word, like where I can't see anything. I'm trying to get through this murky region and I don't really get too much tech vibes from it and again because this is proto vapor this is not quite vaporwave yet I think a lot of vaporwave music borrows that sense of paranoia and and um fear that <laughs> that this album uh gives out and I absolutely love it <laughs> I think it's a it's a fucking it's the horror movies and music, I guess, you know? What would you think, Bandon? Well, it's weird. I don't want to over-interpret things, but I, I, I'm i an album person. I like to listen to things for, like, top through bottom. Um, so, kind of going off the idea of it um, being, like, kind of the ending of a really bad day. Um, for if anyone wants, like, certain time, like, about a third of the way through the song, like, the first third of the song... Um, I think this is, this would be like the point in which you're kind of like, you're already asleep, but in that first third of the song, you're not really sure where the song is going and in, in the, and the record kind of changes it all of a sudden, like about 50 seconds in to sort of like a bad lucid dream, you know, where you're very conscious and aware of what's happening. Like you're in deep REM sleep at this point. And you're in a nightmare, so it's very hard for you to wake up. And what I liked about how you said it, it's um, it's kind of like foggy. It's it's like the beginnings of this lucid dream is like you're just now realizing you're very lucid and like, okay, I'm in, I'm dreaming. I know that, but everything seems so very, so very, very vivid. And then halfway through the record, there's um, like these, I don't know if you could hear it, but it's like um kind of like orchestral mm-hmm. right and it that kind of reminded me of something that you would probably something positive that you're trying to think of in that dream and you're trying to like move through that through this murky space and then towards because because the orchestral parts eventually gets pretty pretty prominent and then when that kind of like so at the climax of the of the record is where things kind of become really really muddy again it's like you're kind of coming out of that lucid dreaming but you're still very vividly seeing everything so it's like a very very terrible nightmare yeah (laughs) yes um there's that sound that was like a like kind of like a metal bang like being dragged on a wall or something like that that really took me in into this terror and it's amazing how powerful that ambience can come from just that type of composition don't you think um skeleton everybody uh give that a listen please um just don't listen to it before you go to bed uh maybe listen to it uh with your friends in the morning we're gonna go ahead and listen to one more one more um three uh one more album three tracks from one more album from the same from the same artist ku but this album is called holograms we'll see how different this one sounds go ahead and play the first track brandon
Definitely getting the same vibe from the last album. Uh, in terms of I'm I'm scared as shit <laughs> listening to this, but it's definitely taking a more technological skin. If uh, if I do say so myself, what do you think, Brandon? Well, if we're talking in the context of of this genre, um, this one definitely is, I guess, more relatable. You can group them easier with the first two albums that we listened to versus the first the third one skeletons yeah skeleton which was more moody and kind of wanted to evoke emotion uh i find actually if you watch a lot of um a lot of newer shows that do a lot of uh i guess callback to 80s music um i realize a lot of vaporwave is actually very prevalent in tv and film uh in terms of like i guess uh like a mood setter um if you watch i think stranger things does this um when they're showing times of like times of like stress that the character is going through uh that that's kind of what it reminded me of it's season like, three coming out baby that shit mm-hmm, looks pretty good mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a very uh like you're not comfortable for sure i think it's it's meant to do that by kind of phasing in and out because usually when i think i think how it does it is be is because you hear that constant pulsing and then you're waiting for something new to happen but he's not really introducing any new ideas it's just like blips and clicks so you're kind of just like waiting and seeing what's gonna happen especially at the end like Mm -hmm. i thought there was i thought when i thought there was the end there's there was pauses you know i even like talked thinking that the track was done but it wasn't all right let's keep going to the second track called don't sleep So I closed my eyes listening to that and I pictured myself sitting in a nightclub in a very fancy nightclub with a with a bourbon on rocks in my hand looking around and everything is sepia toned and 
everything starts glitching. I'm having a good time, but everything just starts glitching on me. Uh, and I start to question where I actually am. And that was a very powerful <laughs> image that the song immediately gave me when I closed my eyes. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, it's like a drinking song, uh, but not like wine drinking. It's very much like this person is is a very heavy drinker, right? Um, Bannon doesn't drink, by the way. Yeah, I don't drink. Um, I'm, most of what I'm referring to is like from what I see in films. So. Hence the third person uh, explanation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it kind it was it felt very remnant of. Um, this is kind of going back to that uh, EQing thing where you're kind of cutting out certain frequencies and it kind of sounds very boxy or very bubbly or like really muffled, right? That, I think that's an easier way to explain it. Um, and then there's a point in the record where he switches from really muffled to like really vibrant and clear. I think that could be very reflective of like coming in and out of consciousness, right where and then it kind of glitches at the end where like you really are kind of blacking out and just yeah. not really kind of kind of fading in and out and just not really understanding where you are mm-hmm. um very a lot of strong imagery very powerful imagery yeah. i like that track a lot and i didn't think i would enjoy that one as much as i did um definitely list, I, I will listen to that one again for sure later on we're gonna go ahead and close out the show with one last song um titled water and this is the track
how suitable was that track for this show? Uh, for me personally, I felt like I was on the docks of a of an ocean that was jagged, and it was electronic waves that were not moving fluidly. They're moving very, very choppy. And I was about to get on a boat to sail off away from the dock. And my boat started to shake a little bit. And I looked back at the shore and it was all jagged. It's all choppy, all low frame rate life. Life was just in a low frame rate. That's what I got when I listened to that. And it's very suitable for the show because these albums are just proto vapor albums. They are not, we are not quite there yet with the vaporwave music. And I feel like that's a really good send off for us because in next week's episode, we will be going deep into the classic vaporwave albums, some that you might know, uh, some that are a lot more popular into the culture and what better way to send us off than that track what do you think brandon uh yeah really good imagery again it's i think uh for me it was more like uh submersed in water and like the the when he would change like a certain filter and add like these uh kind of like floaty elements you, you can he added he started uh introducing more like darker tones into the record and that reminds like it's it's like if you're at the bottom of the ocean kind of getting closer to the bottom of the ocean you start seeing like those weird animals that like only live in like really extreme conditions and <clears throat> that's that's more what i felt mm-hmm. um but again reflective of what the the title of the record is which is water right so it made me feel very I'm already uncomfortable as it is in the water. So um with this uh it succeeded in the in in making me imagine those certain scenarios. So <clears throat> cuz most of what I've heard from Vaporwave is what you've shown me. So um I think the imagery verse from like this this proto proto vaporwave versus what you've shown me um outside it's uh it hits more with yeah. this because it sets more ambiance and this is what you're used to with i think that's the powerful thing also about not using uh, not having any lyrics or any vocals in anything because it's kind of left up to interpretation right like you get the general vibe from the song but you can kind of ever interpret that however you want so uh very vibey and just kind of sends you if you're not really if you're passively listening it kind of sends you into like a certain mood shift and you can really imagine these types of things especially if you have an over an active imagination which i'm sure many people do yes and that's really what this genre appeals to this is not a show i should have said this in the beginning this is not a show for for the average music lover (laughs) this is definitely a bit more for people who want to go on an adventure go sail the virtual ocean and see what lies ahead. And not all that lies ahead is going to be friendly, is going to be comfortable. And that's just the fun of it. 
So this is the first episode of a very important show, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us on the shores of the virtual ocean as we explored the proto-vapor world. And next week, or in the next episode, whenever we do it, we will continue our early journey into classic vaporwave. Stay tuned, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating and follow us on Instagram at Very Important Show. I'm J.Ram. And I'm Brandon. And we will see you.
in the next episode.